Good morning. Welcome back to Coffee with Christy. I have Sonia Shaw here with me. We have interviewed her in the past and I'm so excited. Actually, I think it was our third podcast the Mm -hmm. first season. And so it's really kind of cool to, I think this is our third podcast for this season. So it's kind of like really neat that three is her number so next season we might have to bring her back on the third one as well right (laughs) see where she's at but the first time we talked about we talked about where she came from her upbringing what she did for a living which was in the physical fitness Mm -hmm. uh, realm yeah this time around it's a whole new (laughs) game for this woman and you know what I already know like meeting her the first time I knew that she can do anything but before we get started, we want to say thank you to our sponsor for this episode and uh, for making this happen. But the reason I asked her on is because she really has taken a journey this last year. That's, well, actually, a couple years, a couple years yeah. because it's been through COVID and beyond. And what started off as her fighting for the rights of her children has now turned her into now being a member of the Chino Valley Unified School District board school board so we're going to talk a little bit about that and how she got to the point that she's at because I think it's really important that when your mom instincts take over and then you make it into something so much bigger than just your children but now the children of the community so I'm Mm -hmm. really like honored to be sitting here with you because I know I've watched you throughout this whole process and I know it's been crazy. So before, let's just give you, give a little bit of background of who you are before you even got to this point. I know you're a mom of two mm-hmm. and um, wonderful family, beautiful family, but tell us about your original background first before we even start talking about where you are now. Okay. So, um, well, thank you for having me today. You know how much I, I care about you. Um, So I've been in the health and fitness industry, I don't know, I want to say over a decade now. Mm. It had to be over a decade now. I don't, I I lose count when you like to do something, you just don't even, you don't even count years anymore. Um, So yeah, I've been in the health and fitness uh, industry for a while. And that's kind of where my heart was because, you know, I just had a passion on trying to help other mothers Mm -hmm. um, become healthy from the inside out. And yeah, that's... But you got into health originally because of your dad, yeah. right? So. so my dad has heart failure, and I also have some autoimmune um, stuff. But yeah, I got into health and fitness because my dad's heart just took a, a plunk. I was pregnant with my second child, mm. and actually it was even, I think, during Madison's, and then it got really bad during my second, with pregnancy with my second child. And my dad was always in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I I couldn't handle being in the hospital, and then him you know, not being near us. And then my husband, at one point, I was always in the emergency room with him, had him come live with us. And from there, I was like, what can I do? Because they told me my dad was going to die. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I just, I don't know, yeah. I kept praying. And then God directed me towards health and fitness. And I just started learning more about health. And we started juicing and feeding him real foods and um, focusing on that. And it, it just kind of opened up other doors. I just had a passion for like, oh my gosh, if this can help my dad. And you know, he, he had days to live and, you know, thank God, um, he's not out of the water, but we're talking what, 15 years later, he's still nice. alive. Yeah. So, and he's off the heart transplant list because they figured he's better off without a new, um, heart and just keep his, I think his, his injection fracture is 14%. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's so awesome. A wild ride with, with the health but industry that, and there's that, all, you're always learning. One of the things I, I really like about that story is that 
you had a problem, well, yeah, it was kind of a huge problem, but primarily you did not want to see this happen. So you started doing your own research. How can I help? Mm-hmm. Where the doctors were like, this is this is the outcome. Yeah, has so much to live and kind of come and say your goodbyes, right? Yep, that's and how your, it was. Right, and your passion was like, absolutely not. If I can save him, and, and, and you took it, you started researching and doing what you could. And so how long did it take for that to kind of switch over from you going and doing research and start, did you right away start implementing the healthy lifestyle with him while he was going in and out of the emergency? Yeah, so it was crazy. Um, when we started to take him to Loma Linda, they give you a heart diet. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the heart diet and not knowing anything about health and fitness, I'm like, how is this a healthy heart right. diet? I've it was like it. cans of soup and yeah. this and low fat this and low fat that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how is this even healthy? I mean, just, you know, just having common sense would tell you right. that's not okay. A lot of processed foods. Oh, that. crazy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this can't be real. Like, and then, you know, I just started to um, read stuff and start taking online courses. And little by little, I was like, oh, this is what my dad needs to do. And juicing was a huge thing back then. Mm-hmm. And the, that's when the juicers barely started to come yeah. out. And I was like, I'm going to experiment with that. My dad's always liked healthier things too. So it was really easy for me to transition him into those kinds of healthy habits. And with him living with us at that point, I had control of all his food and everything else because he wasn't able to care for himself. Um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was not overnight, but it was really quick. It yeah. was like, cause we were on a timeline of your dad's going to die any day. And I was like, Oh no, we got to do whatever we can. Right. Yeah. And, and so, he was willing to, which also helped. Which helped a lot. Yes. I mean, and then eventually when he became well enough, you know, you involve him and we it would we would have our thing where we would go to the store and buy all the fruits and veggies. Dad, what do you want to juice today? Mm-hmm. Or what do you want to eat the, you know, what salads and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it became like a bonding thing for him and I That's as well. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you have a particular juice regimen that you have every single, do you still juice every morning? We do, but because of this crazy thing, it, I feel like we were all in survival mode. Uh-huh. Um, so it kind of got out of the habit and it, and I tell people too, with, with, um, health, with health and fitness, you have to make it a habit. So mm-hmm. if you, life happens and you do get out of it, it's easy to get back into it. Yeah. So um, we're we're at that point where now we can start implementing our healthy habits again. We were kind of, <laughs> I, I mean, I've been gone all the time. So yeah. I just got back from being gone for five days. So it's just been go, go, go. So yeah, we'll implement it back in um, because the gut is, you know, the control of everything in your health. Yeah. We kind of geared from... You, you learn too. We were doing a lot of high sugar things in the very beginning of my dad's thing. And I realized, oh my gosh, we're going to all, you know, give each other, you know, um, diabetes. Yeah, right. it was bad. So you then we started doing problems to die. And that's how it was. Our sugar levels were all crazy. And, you know, you learn and then mm-hmm. you start reading and researching more. And then we got into that whole celery thing and mm-hmm. kind of helped repair the gut. And then now it's like, you know, you'll do like maybe green apples or red apples, but that's really, and a little bit of pineapple for the inflammation um, but that's pretty much kind of where we keep it at as far as juice, juice wise. And he does that every single morning. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I've heard. And he loves it. I've heard that we've spoken to I mean, you and I've had the conversation before and other people. In fact, every single health nutritionist person that's about healthy living, aside from putting in medication into our body has mm-hmm. always said it's our gut. You know, when it you is. even, um, 
Dr. Amen, he talks mm-hmm. about the brain and he talks about healthy gut. So it's something that you hear all over. It's not just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do this. No, it's, it's proven fact yep. that that's where it starts. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. And it's funny you mentioned Dr. Amen. Um, my brother had an accident during COVID. Um, he went head first into a rock as he was diving off a cliff. <sighs> and he had some, you know, they, they said he wasn't going to walk. They said all this. My brother is a rock climber now. I mean, he's been, he's always crazy and doing mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. But he saw Dr. Amen, and Dr. Nice. Amen put him on a regimen because at, even after he – I mean, my brother left the hospital walking. And mm-hmm. they, they, were, they kept saying, you're going to be paralyzed for the rest of your life. And he ended up um, having, you know, some kind of stuff where he would get uh, agitated easily. He saw mm-hmm. Dr. Amen, put him on a regimen, and it was like – it was amazing just what, what health, yeah, just, just giving your body the right things mm-hmm. to be able to heal itself. And that's exactly what it is. And not, I mean, we talked about this before. It's not a one size fit all. And I never, no. ever wanted to do that with our my clients as well. Like when someone committed to coming to see me, it was like, you're going to be in here long term. And no matter what, if, you know, life happens and they couldn't afford a trainer or whatever, I'm like, you're not leaving us. Yeah. You're not leaving me and my partner at that time because we cared more about their health than we did about making a living. Um, right. So yeah, it was, it was a different, different, different time. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so awesome because individualized, mm-hmm. but so let's kind of take it to the next level. Yeah. So COVID happened and, yeah. um, I can recall where I was. I'm mm-hmm. sure you can recall where you were when the country shut down. Yeah. I had just got back from a conference, real estate conference in Tennessee and it was a different world over there. It's so interesting that you're in the same country, uh-huh. but one state is handling things differently than another state. Mm-hmm. And we were there and we had um, Uber drivers pick us up, drop us off. We were in the convention, came home. None of us were sick from the convention. No, none of us that were there yeah. came home or contracted anything, at least of my group. I'm not to say that someone else didn't, mm-hmm. but... Um, you know, we had no idea, yeah. no idea. We came home on a Wednesday and, um, the, everybody, you know, I remember the kids saying, we don't have supplies. We ran out of things cause the kids were home mm-hmm. and I went to the store and there was nothing on the shelves. Oh yeah. And I was like, what the heck is happening? Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, I couldn't find toilet paper and I was like, what the heck is yeah. going on? You know? And of course that's the thing that we needed that we were completely out of mm-hmm. and, um, paper goods. And then Friday, the country shut down. I had lined up listings, viewings to go to, had to cancel all of those. Um, So it was really a shocker coming from Tennessee to California Mm -hmm. and having the country shut down. But to see the difference of the two worlds, you know, um, and experiencing that. Um, I didn't think it would last long. Yeah. I thought it was going to be, I'm, I'm going to be honest and say that I was one of those people who were like, okay, three weeks, we'll three be back weeks, yeah. max three weeks. You know, this even I thought a week. So yeah. when it's prolonged, I thought three weeks, um, school. So when our kids were home and then our kids went to zoom meetings mm-hmm. that year, I can honestly say, so I had one that was a senior I had one that was a freshman. I think mm-hmm. he was a freshman. And then I had one that was in sixth grade. Yes. So like a little variety. Yeah, a little variety. And um, 
I think that it hit the, my sixth grader the hardest. Mm-hmm. Well, of course it hit my senior because she lost out on her prom. She lost out on her graduation ceremony. Mm-hmm. She lost out even going to college. She lost out on the freshman Visit. experience yeah. and the visits and things like that. Um, the school did, they, we did have a drive-by graduation <laughs> i loaded <laughs> everybody and you know i could in the yeah. front of my husband's truck in the back of my husband's truck everything that we could just so you know the aunts and uncles could see her graduate mm-hmm. but <clears throat> i think for my son it was easier because he's kind of a homebody mm-hmm. so him to do zoom meetings was okay my sixth grader not so much she missed out on science camp which she was really looking forward to she missed out on her sixth grade um promotion ceremony i don't think that was as important as the science camp that she would have loved to go to yeah but um forget all that stuff let's talk about my i tell you my children's mindset my son was fine my oldest one bummed because she missed out on things but as far as being on zoom i think she was okay my youngest one well first of all i think they were kind of like we don't know what we're doing um, this is new to us. Granted, I, I completely understand that. I was a, a mm-hmm. teacher, so I completely understand how to change the dynamics of being in the classroom to now teaching on TV. Yeah. Right. So I don't feel like she got the education that she needed for that year. Mm-hmm. And we chalked it up as. It's just, uh, yeah. Yeah. The rest are in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. you're right, everybody's, and I'm not just saying my kids, I'm yeah. saying, like, I, I'm telling you just what happened in my household. The thing that I experienced, though, that was the hardest for me was having the emotional part attached to it, the um, depression, you know, things yeah. that, that occurred in that aspect. And I want to say I saw it more in my youngest one than I saw it in the older two. Mm-hmm. Um Thankfully, she was still in sports, which helped. Yes, yes, enormously because it was socialization for her. <clears throat> but that's what we th- went through, and I know every household across America has their own story yes. to tell. Yep, their own story to tell, and there's here we are, 2022, and I'm still seeing ramifications from that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my daughter still. Still wears a mask. <laughs> you know, um, even though we try to tell her, like, I think you should take it off because now we're seeing her have respiratory issues. So till this day, she still wants to wear it. Yeah, I think because she was so freaked out yeah. by social media, so freaked out by the news. And we all know every news media is different and some of them are going to tell their point of view Mm -hmm. and some of them are going to tell the way that it is yeah and um so i tried to keep her away from the news but then she has older siblings who would share their opinion too so yeah so that's that's our household how did your household experience or what was your household's experience with just the beginning of covid thing it was a little wild so um i remember the day too my friend owns a store down the street next to Stater Brothers, and we were having her anniversary sale. I mean, like a fashion show for mm-hmm. the sale that was coming up. Mm-hmm. And so we were all getting ready, and then it hit like that really bad. And I remember me and another um, one of my friends, 
we went over to the grocery store to go get like drink, like waters and stuff, uh-huh. you know, for during that time and some kombucha. I don't know what we were g- grabbing. And I remember going in there and walking to the aisles and she wanted to grab a couple of things for home as well. Cause she was pregnant at the time. And we only had about 10 minutes before this fashion show started. And I remember seeing like, it was, it was another world. Like mm-hmm. ev- all the shelves were clear. People were shoving stuff in the baskets mm-hmm. and we're just over here. Like, doing something for my friend's business. And then I seen an elderly lady trying to reach up and get the last can of soup. So I kind of like stepped on the top shelf to go get it for her and grab another one that I found in the back. And I'm like, what in the world is happening right now? I get, we get to the register to check out and the manager is, has become a friend after living here for so long and shopping at the grocery store. And I'm like, what is going on? Are you guys okay? And he looked just distraught. They all looked like crazy, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, all that just hit them at once too. Mm-hmm. And then he had mentioned something like, we don't have enough people to keep everything on the shelf in the back. And mm-hmm. and then I don't know what triggered me to say it. I think just seeing a need, I was like, do you want me to come help you guys? And he <laughs> took it like, yeah, like, you know, I ended up having to shut my business down just days after. Yeah. And um, he was like, yes. And then he's like, when can you start? And I'm like, oh, it's a real job. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, um, I don't know, tomorrow, whenever. And it was literally, my paperwork is in and I was already working night crew. Oh, and wow. then Zoom started right after yeah. for the kids. So it was crazy because I was working, uh, you know, at, at one day through the night. And then we would get off anywhere between five and seven, depending on how much work we had. And then coming home and then literally just trying to help the kids get on yes. Zoom and mm-hmm. all the, you know, technical parts of it and everything. Yeah. And it, our household was a little wild. Yeah. And um, finally got them settled in. And, and, you know, exhaustion started to hit me. I think I started drinking coffee during that time my whole life. I, you know, I lasted <laughs> without coffee and it became a thing at two o'clock in the morning when we're all working. I mean, it was, it was in conditions that weren't normal. Yeah. So you would go to the, go to go work and, and stack the aisles and they would be pallets of stuff in the middle of the aisles and you would just have to, and yeah. soups and cans and just stuff. I mean, we each had our own aisles, but you know, during that time, I think mentally I was okay because I was around other people. We were laughing, yes. dancing, yeah. singing in the aisles, having potlucks. So we had that interaction. And then I saw it take a toll on my kids real quick. Yeah. My kids are very active. They like to be around people. Mm-hmm. And Same. that end of the school year, because that happened, I don't know what, March, April-ish. Yeah, it was Somewhere March. around there. It was in March. And then by the end of the school year, I told my husband and both of us looked at each other like, it's going to go into another school year. Our kids will yeah. not survive. Yeah. And we quickly, um, another friend had put her kid into a program in Rancho that was for athletes. Mm-hmm. And we, it was scary. Yeah. We all depended on the regular school system. Mm-hmm. And I remember we went to the orientation and I never looked back. My kids were there for a couple of years till things started to get normal. Um, and it's so to say, I wouldn't say things are still not normal. Right. But right. like started to get back into swing and kids were back full time. My oldest was going to start night. She was there for a year. Mm -hmm. And then she, high school started to come and she's like, I want to start real high school, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I let her come back and the other one stayed there for another year, my youngest. And then, um, eventually they both came back, but my one is still like at one of our, um, what do you call it? Um, why am I drawing blank? I have one in, you know, in a high school locally and then the other one's at a charter school. Charter school. Yeah, locally now, not in Rancho, which it was crazy because mm-hmm. during that time, you know, things were shut down. So it was easy to drive to Rancho and back, but mm-hmm. it's a big commitment every day driving to yeah. Rancho and back. And then, you know, extra money because those, um, they were in an athletic um, charter. So we didn't pay for the charter, but you pay for the training for right. athletes. But to me, it was just... It, 
academically, I don't think anybody was getting what they needed. Mm-hmm. I, even my kids, but mentally my kids stayed pretty well, you know? Yes. Well adjusted. But it was sad because I was seeing all time. my other friends, kids and my nieces. Mm-hmm. Nobody else was, you know, not everybody had that opportunity. So it was yeah. breaking my heart. And then that's when I started to get in the fight to help reopen the schools to be back like full time. And mm-hmm. it just kind of snowballed from there to where we're at now. Okay. So you wanted to fight to get the schools back open for the kids. And I, I remember that like not going into the going into the summer and not knowing what was going to happen mm-hmm. the following year. And I know there was like a lot of different talk about how they were going to open the school, what they were going to do to make the school. Then there was also the the split of the students, like right? The so you were the stuff. A or the B part. And that went from all for all schools. Then they had the plastic partitioners mm-hmm. that were up, um, which I don't comprehend. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get it forward, but on the side, I, I okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, with, those are all gone. Those are all gone now, mm-hmm. just to say that. Um, and uh, then there was kind of like an incident that happened at the school, correct? In regards to masks. Yeah. And I get where that child was coming from. Because, yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit about that, because I know that also fueled your fire. Yeah. So, um, you know, my kids were still out before, like, and when one child came back in, um, she had a medical condition, which she didn't have to wear the mask, Mm -hmm. but I was watching just what was happening to all the kids with having to wear the mask. Mm -hmm. And the whole world was getting back to supposedly normal, going on vacations, Mm -hmm. doing this and that and the other. But yet our kids were held to certain standards that didn't make sense anymore. And I I think because I was somewhat of a voice when we're trying to reopen the schools, I had parents coming to me about now the mask thing. And I quickly... It, it, it was like seeing kids in pain and then, you know, not kids were getting behind and then just the mental aspect of it, mm-hmm. um, kind of just, it just branched into one, like I said, a snowball, right. It mm-hmm. just went into one thing or another. It was never planned. And then I just started fighting for the kids, um, to not have to wear the masks because right. you had little babies too. Um, and I call them little babies cause you know, they're five, six year old that had medical conditions and they weren't, their doctors weren't even, a, they acknowledged it but weren't even allowed to give them the exemption that they needed because now the doctors were being attacked. Right. And it was just awful to sit back and see what was happening and not try to do something about it. These are kids, right? Right. Why would we just allow things to go along just because we want the kids back in school? Mm-hmm. Now it's like, no, you're going to, people are going to Disneyland theme parks this way. Right. I mean, flying here, there, or the other, and yet the kids were having to like, come to school and do something totally different. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, this ain't going to happen anymore. I mean, I I fought hard with a group of parents and that's when I, it it was crazy because, um, coming back into school too, that school year, we had all the ESSER money coming in Mm -hmm. and they wanted to add 30 minutes into our kids' school day. Mm -hmm. And that pulled us even, even more. Yeah. And that was even before the mask thing. Yeah. We started fighting the mask because before it was like, get the kids back in school. Mm -hmm. And then the 30 minute thing happened and we were like, wait, why are you going to add 30 minutes to our kids' school day? Are you asking the parents? Are you, do you have a plan? Right. They didn't even have a plan. Right. It was whatever the teachers wanted. So think about it. Junior high and high school, how is five minutes extra a class going to do anything? It wasn't. You were holding the kids no. captive to be able to use that money. And it just didn't make sense. And all we asked for, it was crazy. All we asked for is send a survey. 
Yeah. If the survey comes back that parents wanted it, then we'll leave. Yeah. You'll never hear from me on the 30 minutes again. Exactly. They refused. So we just got deeper and deeper involved because we're like. Because it wasn't about the kids. It wasn't about the parents. It was about the money. The money. Mm -hmm. And then doing this to the parents. Right. And it was like. Uh, Probably I can tell you honestly, I didn't. This is the first I've heard about adding the 30 minutes to the to the day. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've been in this school district, you know, my old, my middle one graduated. She's yeah. now a, a junior in college and I still have them in the school district. So yeah. not even hearing about that. So it goes Most to show you, know. we don't know what's really happening in the school you district. Don't. And the, I think I, I might know a little bit more than the average because mm-hmm. of my background, but even I, I, you and I have had the discussion that I do not like the politics of education. It's its horrible, and I never yeah. realized it until the shutdown. It, when the yeah. shutdown happened, I feel like so much was revealed. So I almost feel like it was a blessing. Oh, I, I think that it was a blessing mm-hmm. on so many levels. It uh, was. As much as that there's the things that we do complain about that it happened, for example, the, you know, the depression that happened with most of our children, mm-hmm. the seclusion of a lot of our children, there were a lot of things that did come up positive. Yeah. And that definitely is one of, one of them. And a lot of that things is were, definitely one of them. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like so funny because what did they say? When you are in the valley, you don't and you don't see the light. Yeah, you you don't know what it's going to be. But mm-hmm. just if you just keep fighting, you just keep going through. Yep. the light will shine and it'll tell you why you're in that valley. Yep. And, and this was de- it leads you to the way exactly. Yep. So you're. First of all, trying to tell them, no, you cannot do at 30 minutes or day, which again, I agree with you. It's like five minutes more for junior high and high school is not going to make them a better. Mm-mm. We asked for yeah. like tutors. We asked for the money to follow the child. Like if the child yeah. has specific needs to give us the money for the kids, like some kids do better with Zoom. So some were okay. Some yeah. were, you know, academically really suffering. So we just, we had a lot of ideas as parents on what our kids needed. And I'm, I feel like if we sat down with them, the teachers who also know academically, I mean, that's that's their expertise, right? Right. We know our child. Sitting down with them then and the school, that's all we asked for. We were like communication. We can, we can bring the best out of what was really horrible and work together. And it was like, nope. Were the, nope. were the parent are the teachers on board with adding the extra 30 minutes? Here's the sad part. And, and I'll, I'll probably get slack from other people on this. The union only gave them a certain amount to respond, a certain oh. time frame, and then that was it. Like a 24 hour. So some of them never even got to vote on it because wow. it, they didn't respond fast enough. Yeah. And then that was, that was done. And I can tell you one thing, the teachers, this is what's sad. I have friends that are teachers mm-hmm. and they deserve their compensation. Absolutely. They packaged it up. To give them, to compensate them for that 30 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. But during that time, they also were, um, you know, it's it's money that they they were fighting for during that time too. So it was like they packaged up money, but they did make it very clear to them once that 30 minute that school year was done, the money would be taken back. And we were like, wait, you're going to do that for the teachers too? Like going in, you get used to an income, right? Right. And then we also said, look what's going to happen this following year. And sure enough, they were in, you know, I don't know how long it took for them to come to an agreement, but it was sad. It was weeks, weeks, maybe even over a month, six weeks. I don't remember. But you even saw at some of the board meetings that said death to educators, respect, blah, blah, blah. The teachers were frustrated. But I feel like all of it together caused a lot of pain for everybody. Right. When we were the only district that did that. Mm -hmm. And we kept saying, like, there's a reason why we're the only one. And they were proud of it. 
Yeah. I mean, but in the end, did it really help us? What? Because some grades went up a half a percentage or whatever it may be, but some really went down. So like, how can you say that it helped? But that couldn't even... Could, that could not have even been contributed to the extra time. It could have been contributed to that to group anything. of kids. Or what about parents right. like us who exactly. went out and got our own tutors to exactly. help our kids? Exactly. Like a lot of us who did yeah. couldn't afford it before made it a priority and just did it, right? Or not only that, but the ones that who still couldn't afford tutors, they were now sitting with their kids more often than not. And, they and I did hear a lot of parents who were saying, okay, I, I'm not only working from home, but I'm sitting in the corner while my child's on the mm-hmm. Zoom class because I have to hear whatever the teacher's teaching because I need to reteach I need it. To help. And, and yeah, and, and you know what? Um, my kids even came back and said when they were finally back in the classroom, it was like some teachers were like, we understand last year you were all on, on mm-hmm. Zoom the entire year, so we're just going to review everything that you possibly did not learn. And then other teachers are like, what the heck were you doing last year? Well, they're uh, also on a time frame. Yeah. Let's, I mean, my so, mother-in-law is a teacher. So, I mean, yeah. they have to teach them right. so much in a little period of time. So can you right. imagine them no. having to come back and doing that? And then right. high school and junior high only giving them five minutes a day to do that? Yeah. Like, come on. That's yeah. why we said, like, can we have tutors? Can we have this? Can we have yeah. that? Can we have programs to give to the kids? And it was... But nope, not, nope, not nope. only to the kids, but you're going to, like you said, don't give to the teachers and then turn around and take from... Our teachers don't make anything as it is. Uh, and, and, and they work super hard. Right. Uh, yeah. And that goes across the nation. Yes. You know, but from what I understand, Chino Valley is one of the lowest paying mm-hmm. school you hear districts. That all the time. Yes. You hear that all the time in subbing and, and actually in the classroom. So... We want, what we know for sure is what we do have. Yeah. You know that they're here because they're here for the students. Yeah. And because we have a lot of great educators. In we our, do. We in do. In our community. I mean, that's why Chino has always yeah. had a really good name. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of teachers won't leave. Because think about it. A lot of these teachers, they're in it. Most of them are in it for their heart. I can't say yes. why anybody wouldn't if they're not in it for their heart. Right. And they stay here. Yeah. They're invested. Mm-hmm. They love they, our community. Most of them live in the community. And they do live in yes. our community. So. Which is amazing yeah. because, you know, there's that, that pride. And then they also want to make sure our kids in the community have mm-hmm. the tools that they need. And so it's why not give back way. to them? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. I know for a fact that it was hard on our teachers. It was yeah. hard on our kids. It was hard on everybody around. But making the right decision for everyone that's what should have been priority. Making yeah. the right decision for our students, that should have been the priority. And just communication. Communication and is so key. transparency. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many didn't know about it? That's yeah. weird to Like me. I said, this is the first time to for myself to hear that. And yeah. been in this district for so long. I can tell you, <coughs> excuse me, I kind of would see the uh, board meetings and then just kind of take a little you know, yeah. listen. And then when you started getting involved, I was like, okay, I'm going to go support her. And then I would get there and I was like, what the heck, you know? And, and when I was a teacher, I would attend the board yeah. meetings, of course, you know, um, but going into, it, it's a whole different. And I think that's one of, I know I'm jumping like all over the place it's with okay. my st- statement, it's okay. but I think one of the great things about our teachers, like we just said, is that they live here. Yeah. So the ones that I was a part of, I didn't live in those communities. So when I went, I saw it through different eyes. Mm-hmm. But when you live in the community and you're going to the board meetings and you have not only your children going to the school district, 
your students going through, you're more invested. Mm -hmm. So you're going to look at these meetings in a whole different light. Yes, you That is for sure. Yes. And I didn't even know what a board meeting was before, and I didn't even know what a board member was. I mean, you kind of trust the system. I was a volunteer in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, You can ask any of my daughter's teachers. I was there as the art mom, the room mom, the PE mom, anything Mm -hmm. that they needed. I was there for both kids. So you... I mean, when you have trust, you just let it kind of go on auto drive, right? And that's when the the whole thing happened. It kind of shook up the system Mm -hmm. and it revealed some things. But so are you, did you initially go to fight for your own children or were you being an advocate for your friend's children when you first started to fight for the school district to reopen? It was kind of crazy because it was both. It was both. Okay. And then I remember even my kids weren't even in the system when right. we were fighting. And I met other parents during that 30-minute thing. We asked to, for a meeting with the district and the county and everybody else. Um, and that's when I met the other parents. And we quickly, because we had a common thing and, and, you know, we were all emotionally involved, that's how we all got together. And then mm-hmm. really quick after, it developed the parent group. And that's when I became the president of the parent group. And it just, it took off from there because, you know, we started talking to elect, our, our school board pushed us away. They say, go talk to the elective officials. And we're like, wait, you're elective officials. Go right. talk to the other ones. Okay, fine. You know, parents going out and talking to a senator and to an assemblyman and to county supervisors, a lot of those people didn't want to talk to us because it was during a time that no one really knew an answer. No one knew what to do. So everyone was just kind of like, I can't help you. And we're like, wait, but they're pushing us over here. What do you mean you can't help us? You know, were they even answering their phone or answering their emails? Some no. Mm -hmm. And some like um, we had an assemblyman, Philip Chen. Oh, my gosh. I wish everybody was like him. Um, Opened his arm and resources. And it gave us like hope. Yeah. And this whole time, it was it was literally one person. I get the chills even talking about. And and this whole time, um, I mean, obviously, I don't ever push my belief on anybody, but God always talks to me. And it was always keep the hope, Sonia, keep the hope. Yeah. No matter what it was, no matter how low it felt, keep the hope. That's awesome. And as parents, just there was days where, you know, one of us would be crying and the other one pick each other up and we just keep moving on, you know, mm-hmm. like I remember even going to see him, our whole little team of um, parents got sick mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, we can't um, get to Philip Chen. And I'm like, no, I'm not sick. We, we can't miss this opportunity because remember, it was hard to get a meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you guys hear this noise, it's my crazy Cooper. <laughs> if you follow my Instagram, you will know the stories. Um, but yeah, that whole, and I showed up by myself yeah. and, and from there, you know, we got our team to meet him after and a few times, but it was just keeping the hope and, and he gave us parents hope that there was people out there listening to us. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's key is even if you don't know the answers, it's like, all right, come on in. Let's I don't know the answers. Out. Let's figure let's it talk. out. Let's talk. Let's communicate. Let's mm-hmm. brainstorm together. You know, more heads are better than just yeah. me by myself, but yeah, let's do it. And I think that's what he did for you. He correct? did. And then mm-hmm. he, we started branching out and we knew as Chino Valley with the big issues, we weren't going to just be Chino Valley. We started branching out and meeting other parents and, you know, certain um, elective officials brought other parents in because we were doing a lot of things in Chino that others weren't. Mm-hmm. And it just started to go, yeah. you know, like a snowball, I told you, it just kept going. Do you think that a lot of people, because I saw this even away from education, just having conversations with friends, it's like there were two sides to everything. There was. You know, and, and everybody was really strong mm-hmm. about their side. Really? If they were pro-mask, pro-vaccination, mm-hmm. then, and you weren't, people lost friends. Yep. Over family. this thing. Yep. Family, exactly. Because if you didn't believe the way that I believed, then we were no longer friends. Mm-hmm. That was the mentality. 
not everybody. That was not mine. I felt very much like, hey, you live your life. I'm going to live Ours mine. Ours was on choice. Yes. Our parent group the right. whole entire time was choice. But not, I, I'm talking just the whole COVID thing yes. in general. Yes. So if that's what the consensus was with the, with the world, like uh-huh. you were afraid to say anything to anybody because you were either going to get attacked for it or, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to turn into a big political conversation. Yes. So- do you think that sometimes when you reached out to some of these people, they were afraid to make, to open their mouths, to open their doors, yes. to open the conversation because they didn't know? And, and you know firsthand, you were you received a lot of backlash when you were fighting for this. Still. So do you think, right. So do you think that some of these people who didn't answer their phones, do you think it was out of fear that, they did not want to receive the backlash, even if they strongly felt what you felt. It was against what the whatever part that they were a part of, you know. I feel it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. We had those that were very opposite mm-hmm. and set in their ways, and mm-hmm. then you did have those people who were afraid because yeah. you got to remember when you are an elective official, you represent everybody, right? Right, and that's a hard thing to balance, and I acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. But also, you can't shut out one side as well without listening and trying to bring it together. I think the best thing would have happened, as we asked them before, is start communicating. Start bringing people together, whether it's yeah. this side, that side, the other. What you're going to do if you don't, you're going to create two sides throwing things back and forth, right? Trying to get their... Right. Because like like I said, everyone's doing it because they believe something in their heart and they mm-hmm. believe what is you know right for their family and their friends. And that's okay. Yeah, but if you do, if you don't bring them together to at least try to acknowledge each other. Exactly. I mean, look in relationships, mm-hmm. husbands and wives. If we don't come together and try to acknowledge right. something, what's going to happen? We're both going to, people on both sides are going to get frustrated mm-hmm. and then you're going to shut down. Right. But if you try to talk and try to understand and have empathy for what the other person's saying, I mean, stories, right? Yes. You have empathy and then bam, that's when stuff starts to happen. You have to listen to other people. But then the attacks come and then yeah. that's it. It just, that's what happened. And it, and it was unfortunate because us as parents, we just said, can you please just listen? Can you at yeah. least talk? Can you acknowledge? And it was just hand, hand, hand in the mm-hmm. face, you know? And that's what made people frustrated. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a moment out for our sponsor, uh, Mike Rolston, U.S. Lending, and a word from him. Are you looking to refinance or purchase a home? So I highly recommend Mike Rolston with U.S. Lending Network. He has over 20 years of experience in the mortgage lending industry. He's a local mortgage broker and works with over 32 lenders to get you the lowest rate as well as the best loan program that fits your needs. Specializing in conventional, FHA, VA, HELOC second mortgages, and down payment assistance programs. Don't be discouraged to start the pre-approval process because of your credit history. My Good U.S. Lending has many lenders who can assist every borrower situation. He has helped many of my clients with their financial needs and in various situations when buying a home. Don't hesitate to call or email him to start the process and get the best deal. His contact number is 951 918-8221 or you can email him at mike at uslendnet.com that's mike at u-s-l-e-n-d-n-e-t dot com now back to the show okay after you went in and you started discussing the time frame what led you because 
then you had another fight after that, right? Was it the masks? Once you started asking for the classrooms to be open, you saw that they were going to try and add 30 minutes. Then was it to be able to allow children to wear a mask or not wear a mask by choice? It was by choice. And then it was that vaccine thing that was going on. Yes. So, you know, our, our, lovely um politicians up in sacramento were trying to install the fear down below and mm-hmm. we were pretty scared because yeah. we saw a lot of things in the last couple of years that no one thought would ever happen mm-hmm. um and you know that whole thing with the mandatory vax covid vaccine mm-hmm. was coming down and that was what you know mm-hmm. our governor was kind of saying and that's when we were like oh no we gotta we gotta go fight this stronger you know right and that's when we started uniting more with other parent groups and just because, like, it, it was crazy because we would just randomly meet them and then we would all link together. We would attend their meetings. They would attend ours. We would, you know, it, it was... It became word of mouth. Somebody heard mm-hmm. what you guys are fighting for and yeah. they have the same yeah. belief system. We've flown to Sacramento. We've mm-hmm. driven to Sacramento to, you know, lobby mm-hmm. bills. These are all things that us parents never thought in a million years, didn't even know how to do. Sometimes we would show up and not even know exactly what to do, but you just... right do it, you know, in the name of trying to protect your kids. And I saw, I saw when you were up in Sacramento, I saw some of your postings and yeah. how you were trying to get in the door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they, some of them just put notices on the door. um, not accepting any, whatever today, not talking to anybody today. And we're like, wow. wait, cause they knew we were there. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, that's really what an elected official does to shut you down. I mean, I understand if we harass them, that's different Yeah, because there is rules about that. Like when you're attacking like that way, but when you're just trying to talk, but even our own <coughs> elective officials, even our school board, the majority of them didn't want to listen. We, most people don't even know this. We've sat in conversation with them. I've sat in Starbucks with them alone mm-hmm. just to try to like communicate and talk and yep. like, Hey, can we work on this together? Or can we do this? Or can you guys give a little here? You know, can yeah. you help what, us with this? What can I do for you yeah. to make this a better place for our kids? And we also said, you have a bigger voice than us Mm -hmm. because you're an elective official. That's your job. Yeah. You're supposed to advocate and fight for your community that you represent. And we kept telling, being told you're the minority. No, you're right. Those words, you're the minority. No, I I think, I think what people forget is we, the parents are really the people who hire the board, who hire the staff. Exactly. Yeah. So we elect them. So we should be the priority. And I would always tell people, you know, people would always ask me, oh, is real estate hard or whatever? Or was teaching easier? I said, every year I got a a new set of clients, 30 clients Mm -hmm. that walked in my door. And my job was to get them from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing for the board. They have all this entire school district. Those are their clients. And when you have a, when you have a business, your goal is to take your client from point A to point B, yep. right? You want to see your client grow. The children are their clients. The children mm-hmm. are their future. Yeah. And another thing I would say is like, you never know when that child, you're, they're going to grow up one day mm-hmm. and you might be the patient that walks into their office yep. and they're going to remember how you treated them. They're going to remember how you fought for them. They're going to remember everything that you did. Mm -hmm. right and so it's like why not treat our children the best because they are our future I agree and they should be this the front and the center mm -hmm. all the time it shouldn't be about you know the money here or this or the political part here the political part there 
I mean, no one was being unreasonable when, mm-hmm. when the thing shut down, we all understood when yeah. they first came back with masks, not everybody was a, a fan, but it was more like get the kids back in school. But then right. when it didn't make sense, it was like, why are you, do you keep tying our kids? We would call California department of health. You can't even get an answer from them. Mm-hmm. And then it came to the point where it was like, okay, the enforcement policy is a, that of our own. Right. Oh no. But the County health is making us do that. We went to the county health department. Mm-hmm. I sat in the in in the um, heads to, you know office because we weren't getting responses on email and phone mm-hmm. calls. And I said, you know, can I sit here legally? Yes, you can. Okay, I'll wait till he comes in. Mm-hmm. And we waited and we had a conversation. We turned in tort claims. We turned in everything to get their attention. It was never like we're trying to like sue Force the state or do anything. Right. We just wanted the conversation. We mm-hmm. just wanted to see what do wh- how can you use us to fight it? If you guys are saying and acknowledging most of them, the majority of them would say it doesn't even make sense right now, but we have to follow this because of this or that. Well, then use us parents, use us people. We were asking, what can we do? You have right. You have people outside of your, you know, comfort zone willing to do the the hard stuff. Let us do it. We just want the knowledge of how it works because we didn't know how the system worked back then. Right. You were asking to be a team player. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, eventually it was like our, the county health department put out a notice saying that the enforcement policy is not, they're not forcing the district. That's of their di- district's own. And, you know, I went back to the district, like here, you don't have to enforce anymore. State it, post it, be done with it. I the went, whole world's going back to normal. I wonder if that was the same time because then you started seeing it. And, and I know that they would always say LA County Unified was the one who was going to set the standards. Oh, Whatever LA County Unified did, then everybody else would follow. But then what I started hearing was... Okay, we're going to, it's by district. Mm-hmm. It's by district. The districts have And I choice. wonder if that was after the conversations that you were having with them that they realized, okay, you know what? Let's just wash our hands it of it. It was as a parent. Right. Let's give it back to the districts. So this way it's not on us. Yes. The districts can handle it however they want to. Well. If parents did not fight, I still say it to this day. If parents didn't stick together, community members, grandparents, it wasn't just parents, but like mm-hmm. the community didn't stick mm-hmm. together and fight, where would we be today? Would right. we be where we are or would we still be masking our kids and um, mandatory vaccines that didn't make sense? Where would we yeah. be? But when, because when we they fought started it so to say, hard, right. what can they do? When they started to say that 12 and under could get vaccinated without mm-hmm. their parents' consent. Crazy. It's like, what Without even knowing thinking? what the long-term... Yes, what the long-term and effects are. And I have are. friends who... who were desperate Same. and felt like it was the safest part, gave it to their kids. And I, unfortunately I do have friends whose kids are now suffering lifetime consequences. Same. And then we have others that their body's different. Like we go back Every, to health. Mm-hmm. Everybody's body's different. That's why it should have always been a choice, right? Right. Every kid's different. Sometimes zoom works better for kids than in person, Right. but every kid was different. So why aren't we trying to do something that helped everybody? Why aren't right. we trying to make choice? Choice was always the thing. It wasn't bring it back to choice. Nobody's forcing either way. Right. We didn't want, anything to be forced either way. If you're scared, we even said, okay, the parents who were afraid and didn't want to send their kids to school, let's come up with something to where they could still stay online. Yeah. But then you have, I've heard it from some parents like, no, well, if my kid doesn't go to school, no one can go to school. We're like, wait, what? Yeah. No, that doesn't make not, any sense. Yeah. Like kids are suffering. And that's why thankfully my kids were out and they were doing something that was mentally okay with them. But I saw, you know, like I said, my nieces and all these other kids and my friend's kids mm-hmm. suffering. And that's where it hit me and it, it weighed heavy. It's like, I can't let this happen yeah. on my watch without a fight. And not once were you ever saying they should not 
No. Not once. And I think that that's where there was a lot of confusion, or I should say, um, again, it goes back to if you're not seeing it my way, then you're wrong, yeah. right? And you were, your group was trying to advocate like, hey, you get a choice and you get a choice. There's no right or wrong. Mm-hmm. It's what works for your household. Let's try and make that the case. Yeah. But everybody was so adamant about it. Ha- like you just said, my student doesn't, then nobody else does. Yeah. And that's... That's not that's fair. That's unfortunate. Yeah. That's like me going into somebody else's house and telling them, or me going to your house and saying, you need to raise your kids like this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not okay. Are you telling me you yep. need to feed your children this? And that's the end of the story. Yep. That's not how it works. But then you didn't just see it in education. You saw it in jobs yep. too, where jobs were telling them, if you do not get vaccinated, you will lose your job. And what's happening now? these companies are being sued and it was Mm -hmm. unnecessary money. I mean, as much as people say too, Oh, Sonia and their group are going to cause the district so much in lawsuits where. Yeah. I I guarantee you, we had plenty of opportunities and we never once did that because we tried to find another way. We didn't want to take from our kids. Exactly. There's still stuff that's controversial that's going on in other districts. And we still chose not to pursue any lawsuits Mm -hmm. because don't get me wrong. Those are great. We need those because it's going to set precedence over everybody. But why do we need to break all the systems? Like we should all be joining together and figuring right. it out. And there is people that, you know, are able to help fund that, but it doesn't make sense when all we were asking for is to be partners with our kids' education, right? Right. We know our children. Exactly. And I, and, and it just over and over, we had children show up to the meetings and never once were they acknowledged. Kids I, cry. I remember kids that. Brave. Yes. And it was, amazing and hurtful at the same time it was like you know you you don't want the kids to be in that situation but oh my goodness we had some mm-hmm. of the most amazing and I get even chills seeing mm-hmm. it the most amazing brave kids all the way from age five you know to mm-hmm. 17 about to graduate yeah and Speaking. not once did anybody acknowledge what they said it was yeah. like next time up and it's yeah. like wait these are the kids it, it was very much like that when I did go to the board meeting a couple of times it was like okay your time's up your time's up your time's up Yep. You know, and it's like, I I don't know if there should have been time to allow to say, you know, okay, child, or, I heard what you said. Thank you for coming up here. Like even acknowledging something. them, something, right? Or um, even like, okay, maybe let's have a community discussion. Let's yeah. have a, um, a town hall. I don't right. know. Let's send out right. more. We asked for surveys, nothing. But I, I think, I think even... Okay, so you don't want to acknowledge the adult that just spoke and you gave their time up, but I think the fact that, like you said, a five-year-old goes up, I would, even if I didn't believe in what that five-year-old mm-hmm. said, I would still acknowledge, like, we should acknowledge them. Yeah. You were brave enough to stand in front of all these people here to yep. speak your mind, and that in itself is amazing. Well, you what know? about when the kids were put outside during wind advisory oh, days yeah. and rain? Yeah, and because then they didn't a want lot to wear of them, their mask. Yep, and then yep. a lot of them were forced onto independent studies till yes. we came back and showed them, you want to fill out this form because you're breaking, I told the district, you're breaking the law. You cannot yeah. force them into that. You have yeah. to provide them the same education. What about all those kids that were forced into independent studies because their parents didn't know better? Yeah. And then we stopped that. And then you had the kids who, you know, and I would always tell the parents, talk with your kids, make sure they're okay to sit outside. Like that's between your family and them. We would never, ever have anything yeah. to do with that. Then you had schools, literally just the kids didn't want to go to class anymore. They were even kids that, that wore masks or didn't, they were still standing up for the kids who were having a voice because they saw right. their peers. I mean, that's, they were the best example of what should have happened. 
you stand united mm-hmm. because you see somebody getting hurt and you figure something out. And the kids were desperate and they were calling out for help, but yet we put them outside. Many of them failed their classes. We never mm-hmm. offered them the support. We treated them like, like, I don't know, like who even know the, we didn't even treat them like humans. Yeah. I remember sneaking in blankets and stuff because it was raining and cold. And, and, you know, I had to sneak it in because I would, they would get in trouble for accepting these things for kids who were outside in the freezing cold. That's just this crazy. Is, it was insanity. And, I, and you know, as much as all this stuff was happening. Did you ever, go ahead, finish your sentence. It just made it more and more and more clear that something big needed to change. It, it just, we, I was done seeing kids hurt. At so that. was that the turning point where you decided I need to run for the board? I, or you can know you remember the turning point? I do, because we were in the trustee areas. This is our first year. And when the trustee areas were originally mapped out, from my from my perspective, I wasn't in any of the areas. But as the president of our advocacy and talking with our our leadership group, it was very clear we needed to find two people to run for the school board. Mm-hmm. And that's what we ended up seeking out was mm-hmm. people to run for the school board. And it was crazy because it wasn't. We found one person for one area to run against Christina Gagne. Mm-hmm. She was in District Four. That was in the maps. Mm-hmm. And then now we needed somebody to run for Schaefer because we didn't know if he was going to run or not. And, um, you know, I went to the, the um, Chino City of State thing. I got invited. Mm-hmm. Somebody had an extra ticket and they said, would you like to come? And I said, yeah, I'd like to come. And I ended up going. And then I met some lady there and she said, Sonia, it's, she was in the political world. And she said, it's wonderful. You guys found one candidate, but you really need another I went home that day. I got on the Zoom with our leadership. I was tired, exhausted from mom stuff, all these things that I was doing, fighting for the kids. I went on Zoom with our leadership um, crew, and I said, okay, which one of you lives in this district? (laughs) Whatever one lives there, we're just going to run you because you guys are the voice. You know what's going on, and you care. (laughs) So one of the moms had mentioned roads, and I'm like, no, that's where my kids go to school. No, I'm in this area. Um, and uh, you know, that one's not up for election for two more years. And then they pinpointed where my house was on, this is all at zoom. And, and one of the moms, Kelly, she raises something up and she goes, no, Sonia, look at your house is on the actual line of the borders that they drew. Uh-huh. Literally the line is right on where my house, wow. like right here on the yeah. street. And she goes, yours on the border. And then all the moms were like, Shaw 2022. And I'm like, oh no, what in the world? And how was I going to respond when I just yeah. told them one of you are running, right? Yeah. So we ended up the, ending the meeting and I went upstairs and it was like 11 something at night and I went, Chris was sleeping and I um, tapped on him. I'm like, I love you, sweet dreams. And I, and then he goes, you seem really awake. And I'm like, I have something to tell you. And then he's <laughs> like, what? And you know, he's half asleep. And then I'm like, what if I run for school board? And he was like, you're not in the, we're not in the area. And then I was like, actually, we're on the line. And he goes, well, then you're running. And then he gave me a kiss and we went to bed. Oh, I have chills. And that, <laughs> from that point on, it went, and, and, you know, God opened a lot of doors yes. before. <clears throat> I was just going to say, you kept hearing that voice. It was just and, constant, but it yeah. was in his timing. And that was the most beautiful part because he didn't want me to focus on running as a candidate back then. He wanted me to focus on the rest of the stuff. exactly, And securing another candidate. And then, you know, just all the fight that we were in. And imagine, now I know when I was actively in a campaign, you barely have time to breathe. You mm-hmm. barely have time to drink water, mm-hmm. right? And not running ever a campaign, you, you're 
you don't know exactly what you're doing. I remember somebody, you know, in the political world that I had met, because this is all new to me, GOP, this, um, Democratic Party, Republican Party, that was all new. We were those people that just did our normal life and never got involved until the shutdown. And, um, you know, like, it it was crazy because it just, it was at the right time. I can't even explain it. Like, and then running a campaign, are you going to have this money and da, da, da. But right before uh, we had a coach in the community who said, you know, I'll help. And we have other people that will help. Just find your candidates. And they originally wanted me to run. And I'm like, I can't. I'm not in the area. And then it was like, oh, we have this person. And then it just so happened everybody already knew each other. Like, yeah, it is a small community. So, it's, And it was so beautiful. Big, a small world, but a big world. And yet everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Right? And we were, I was... I was not set up to run against the big dog. It was John that mm-hmm. was going to run against, you know, an incumbent and somebody who's been in the political world for a long time. And then 12, 12 or 14 days before the deadline, that person runs to run against me and passes the torch. And in in, we saw a post to another person that ran against John. Wow. And I was like, okay. I mean, whatever challenge came, it was going to happen. But it was like, I don't even know how to do this. Like, you know, and, and I know he wasn't prepared for that either. But I don't know. That was, you know, him. And um, I was like, oh, wow, okay, now we have a, even a bigger thing. Because I thought it was running against, you know, another person. And he didn't, he never even paid attention. He'd be eating and like blah, 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 and doing this behind the scenes in the camera. And no one would see that, but we all saw it. And, um, yeah, so when I was going to run against her, I'm like, whoa, that's big dog stuff. That's like, you know, they come in with $100,000, and 96% are from out of our community. Washington, D.C. funded, um, you know, Planned Parenthood, all these things. These organizations and unions are all backing her up. That's without even the union. Most people don't even know when you pull paperwork. Most people don't even know how to pull the the financial part of it. But the union not only gives them a check that shows up on their paperwork, they have a pack. And that does not have to show up on the candidates thing. Wow. So they're dumping money into both and support. Wow. And they know how to run campaigns because they run candidates every single cycle. Mm -hmm. And, you know... I never once said, oh my God, what are we going to do? Or freaking out. I just said, okay, what are we going to do? Let's, let's figure let's it out. Let's do it. Yeah. I remember somebody that going back to somebody bigger in the political world said, Sonia, you were like in the middle of the ocean on a ship with no oars. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. I'm going to get to the shore. I just don't know how yet, but we're going to figure it out. Don't worry. We have a bunch of yes. us. And that was the beauty of it is we did have a bunch of us united during this whole two and a half, almost three year, you know, battle. Um, God lined up everything we yeah. had everybody it wasn't just me and that's why I want whenever people say congratulations or you won I'm like no we won yeah you know and <clears throat> and thank God for him because you know like um it was it was all we this was us like walking eight miles a day in homes knocking on doors trying to hit every door at least once some twice we knew we had a we had to fight hard to get those seats mm-hmm. we were going up against unions we we're going up against Big political people, we were going against big political money, right? Mm-hmm. These are people who know how to run a campaign. I mean, talk about mailers. People don't realize. Yeah. Mailers. My opponent was sending anywhere from four to six a week. Yeah. I was barely doing one to two a week because it's hard to raise money. Right. And yes, I got a, a, a big chunk to kind of level out the field, but I that's not even, you know, close to yeah. half of what she ended up coming up with with the pack. And... Um, I was doing one to two a week if the, if I was lucky. And, you know, um, she was paying walkers. Our walkers were all volunteers, mm. and it was me. And, it, you know, my mom, I take care of my dad. I, mm-hmm. I you know, it, it's a lot going on. And not only that, Fox 11 commercials started coming out. 
and she was paying for Fox 11 commercials. Wow. So she was trying to target the conservative voters that don't know better. They see, oh, president of the board and, you know, incumbent. It w- and then, you know, sending out mailers that said parents' choice. And it was like, wait, I'm not sending out things that say teachers' union choice. Yeah. Like, that's just, it was, it, it opened my eyes to how dirty things are. Right. And how much was at stake and how much they want control over our kids. And it just made us fight back harder. Yeah. I mean, we are just moms, dads, grandparents, community members. We don't have any political experience. Did we go to different meetings? Did we speak at different events? Yes, but that was all with the fact that we had to. We had no other choice. We had to keep uniting and keep learning. I took so many courses and online things. I don't even know. Couldn't even tell you. The one thing that everyone said is walk the houses, walk the houses, walk the houses. Everything that I've heard about campaign was knock on those doors, knock on those doors. And we made sure we did. I mean, I'm telling you, it was no matter if I had an hour in the morning Four hours in the morning and four hours a night, we were all walking. And if I knew I was in this area, we had three other in other areas. And I I really think it was just a matter of the community coming together. I mean, it was such a close race. But even to be close was a blessing. We didn't know what the outcome was. We never knew we were even going to get close. We just knew we had to do what we had to do and at least get, get one more voice in there to finally be heard. And I think that's what was... The beautiful thing about it, even though you're saying we didn't have this experience, we're just moms, dads, grandparents. Mm -hmm. The thing was, you all had one goal in mind, Mm -hmm. one priority in mind, and that was our children. That's all. So that was the drive Mm -hmm. that was behind every step that you took. Yep. All the way, every step that your team took, every single day, every single minute that led up to this, it was because you had one goal in mind, and that was the children. And it, it... I mean, that's all it was. You look at your kids at the end of the day, we look at those kids, you know, and it just, we never, we never looked back. We just looked forward and, and we had kids go walk with us, like even my own children, you know, and it wasn't that I asked them. I never asked them actually, if anything, they're so much in it. I wanted to shield them somewhat Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, the adults came after my kids too during this. They're not, they're not um, off limits. You you realize that real (laughs) quick. Your kids are not off limits, which you would think they were. But unfortunately, they're not. And, you know, when you're knocking on one side of the street and you hear your little babies on the other side and you hear them say, my mom's running for school board. And then you would hear like teaching moments from the community too. oh, what is what is her values? What is she running on? And you would just hear them from their heart. No one ever prepared them. Mm-hmm. I never said, oh, go say this or that. They just knew because of what they, you know, they're, th- what, they, they're, what they're in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and what they want. Yeah. And that was the beautiful thing. It's what they need. This was about them. So they knew. And just to hear them, I remember some days I would be knocking and trying to wipe tears off on the the next door because, you know, I I just would hear their little voices and just see, it it was just a reminder constantly on don't give up. It's hard. People come after you, you know, big dogs come after you. You can't give up. You cannot show these children that they are not worth the fight. And I know it's still going to be a battle. I mean, I've had TikToks and YouTubes and um, pages come after me and really? they're tagging, you know, other groups to come after me. And Sonia's this, Sonia's that. What's really sad is they drag the kids into it and they try to paint this picture on other political driven things that, you know, Sonia's not about these kids, that those kids. And it's like, it, it grosses me out to my core. Cause it's like, that's not even true. We're trying yeah. to protect all kids and that's why we fight. Yeah. You're not trying to force an opinion on anybody. You're trying nope. to say everybody has a voice and yeah. And we don't want anything forced upon any of the kids. And a lot of the things, if you look around, our kids are 
we're at war. They're at war. For, people are at war for our children. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all around us. Mm-hmm. It, and it's sad. And it's like, if we don't do anything, we're just saying here, they're sitting targets. Exactly. And heck no. Will I just say, no, you know, go ahead and take them or all the other groups and the parents and the people involved in this fight. I could tell you one thing, they're not going to give up. And I think that's the most amazing thing is, is we'll stand, we'll stand the line, we'll protect the kids and we'll give them what they, what they deserve. They deserve an education. And these voices that say, oh, take your kids and put them in private school. No, my, our money pays for this. Our kids are a voice and they still need to grow up in this community. Some kids, yes, that works for them, but it doesn't work for all kids and it doesn't work for all families. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a family where my dad was, my mom passed away when I was young. My dad worked a seven to seven. That's seven, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. seven days a week. I mean, he came from another country. He didn't know anything other than to support us kids. But guess what that left us with? No one at home to advocate and fight. Mm-hmm. I don't fight for my kids only. My kids are going to be fine. I've always said that because they have me and my husband. We fight for all kids. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that about you, too. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> I just love your passion about it. Get my blood pressure all raised up. <laughs> so, Tommy, what is your position on the board? So, it's not technically official yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we're waiting for that rubber stamp. Um, I will be a board member. Um, I think we get sworn in on December 15th, which will be exciting yeah. and a little crazy. Yeah. I mean, who would ever thought the soccer mom becomes a politician? <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I feel like it's more of an advocate for our children and our community. And, um, yeah, that would be my position. And I think for me, mostly, I'm not driven by a political party. I'm not driven by, you know, a political ambition or mm-hmm. career. I'm I'm a mother. I, yeah. I want to make sure our kids get what they need and they deserve and that our community is heard. Um, and, and that's what we've always wanted. We just wanted to be heard and have a voice at the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So your team, where are they now? So right now and then, they're I'm still sorry, together. Your other person, the one that you had run John. Uh, and did he make the... Board? Yeah, and he ran on his own. Okay. I mean, it was never to be connected. We just, it just so, I mean, we can go in details how that worked out with one of our moms. Um, but um, her husband was a colleague with him and it just like, oh, okay, that's wonderful. Great. You know, we trust it. And he, he had really great values. So mm-hmm. kind of just left that area alone after that, you know, and he didn't, he, he, we didn't like during this fight, he wasn't part of our fight. I mean, we have a lot of the same views on stuff, but I, I mean, we're... That's the beauty about having views is everyone's different. It's just coming together and you're able to speak, right? Right. And that's why as parents kind of left that area after that, like, oh, we're good. We, we, we have a person who would listen to everybody. Um, but yeah, he's, he's doing his thing. Um, we did a training. The district sent us to a training um, in San Diego. So he made the board as well. <clears throat> oh, yeah. He's definitely, mine was close. His was, I, if I like to say landslide, his was a landslide, <laughs> which was great. Um, and comforting. Cause even that, even though mine was close, we already knew like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. God. We have at least one voice, you know, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. everybody, yes. not just for us, but for everybody to listen and, mm-hmm. and advocate for our children. But yeah. And then, um, mine was a really close race. I mean, yeah. You know, the first night, the initial mail-in ballots or early ballots. And usually that does favor one political party more than the next and went to bed, you know, being a little under. And then I think it was two o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning, the count came and it just switched. And then from there, we just held the lead the whole time. That's beautiful. I love it. I love it. I I knew that you had the fight in you. I knew that 
everybody that was part of your team. I know I just asked what happened to your oh, team. Okay. Yeah. Our team. So they're still together. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously my role is going to be changing and they all know that, mm-hmm. um, we're going to do some, you know, meetings and a reorganization. Um, they don't plan on leaving anywhere, which is amazing because mm-hmm. they're, they're amazing mothers, grandmas, aunts, mm-hmm. uncles, teachers. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. We have the most amazing teachers in this fight, but you know, we keep everybody to their comfort level. Yeah. We have to keep safe too, because people come after, you know, people. They do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to do a little bit of reorganizing and there, I mean, we're all going to have to adjust to my new role. Like, you know, I'm not just part of the group anymore that they're, I mean, but I have all the confidence in the world that they're going to do amazing Yeah, and they're going to continue to do amazing things for our children. And we need them to do amazing things for our children. What is their goal or what is their, cause now they have somebody and yeah. I mean, they did what they set out. Well, actually, that was not what they were setting out to do. That was not what you guys were setting out to do. Not you originally. <laughs> you were not setting out to be a part of the board. Which, no. You know, it's funny because you just said, like, you, you know, you knew for a reason, like, there was a good reason that you weren't focusing on that. Because mm-hmm. you had to get through A, B, and C. You had to take care mm-hmm. of A, B, and C. And that was not even on your it radar. Wasn't even on the radar. <clears throat> Right. But because you took care of A, B, and C, and you saw everything that was happening behind, you needed to be shown what was happening behind the scenes. So that Mm -hmm. way you could be better prepared for the position you are in now. Exactly. Because if you came into this position blindly, I mean, you are somewhat blind, but not the way that you would have been. Now your eyes are more open. You're more aware of the way that politics happen. You're aware of what happens behind closed doors. And sometimes right in front of our faces and we don't even know. What do they yep. say? The people that hide in front of everybody are the ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Because you trust it too. We always you trust it. Exactly. The majority trusted the system. Yeah. And yeah. I think most of us just don't. Um, we know we're aware of what's happening. We already know what the politics are, but we're just, we don't have it in us to Let's just get through this. Let's just yeah, let's go just through the motions and just go forward and focus on just our own household. Mm-hmm. But when you have someone, a group of advocates, because like you said, it wasn't just you. It was a group mm-hmm. of people who fought on behalf of our entire school district. Yeah. Right. And not only did it stop, it didn't stop there. It didn't stop at our school district. It trickled no. down and everybody else was watching mm-hmm. and everybody was seeing what the changes were and hoping that those changes can now happen in their school districts. So it's a ripple effect, right? But a very Mm -hmm. positive ripple effect. It was so cool. I I went through the convention and just seeing not all parents got in, but here's the thing. We're not going to stop, right? We connected Mm -hmm. with those parents before our group knows the most important part is still connect with those groups for the future Mm -hmm. elections to have a voice. Now Mm -hmm. we know what it's going to take. Yeah. If they're not going to listen and they're not going to work with us, because trust me, we've tried for two years. Mm-hmm. And I still remember till the day, the meeting, I said, you're going to be revealed, you're going to be exposed, and you're going to be removed. Yeah. And then the, uh, there was another meeting where I said, I'm going to take your seat. I'm yeah. done. Like, yeah. I've, we've given you plenty of opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and, and parents know that. And, and I'm so proud of all the parents in California that stood up and did what they had to do. To right. be able to try to have a voice. And they're going to continue to do that. Right. And that's what's amazing. So where do we go from here? How does this change your, I mean, it's changing your life dramatically. So how, where do we go from here? Or where um, do you go from here, I should say? <laughs> from here, I, I mean, the cool thing is, is I've already been soaking in a lot. I've already met with like, um, I would ask our superintendent, can I meet with finance? Can I meet with this? Because I wanted to learn how, mm-hmm. you know, the budget's done, how safety works. And I know each department has their own um, 
responsibilities. And, you know, that's not our job as board members to tell them how to do their job. You're supposed to trust that too. So, but you also need, I know it's hard because you need an understanding so that's, that that's way, what I, say. I think that so you just said it. We, you know, we trust them yeah. to do their job. So most of the time, I would assume that most boards don't get that in depth into, you know, the the background of everything yeah. because they just trust yeah. that the people who are in the district are going to make the right choices. Yep. Right. But how so. do you do that as a parent that doesn't trust things anymore? You have to right. have no. the knowledge on how things work. In order to be able to see, okay, where is it broken? Why, why isn't this happening? Or why, you know, different expectations as parents now, we're like, well, how does this work? And why is this? Why can't we have money to do this for their kids? Why can't we do this? Why can't, why aren't you fighting for this? Why aren't you doing this? You know, like all these bad bills coming from Sacramento, that is going to drive whatever our districts do, right? Exactly. So, I mean... It's still for parents and community members to run for those positions. So we don't get those things coming back down where the kids are being held, you know, captive to some of these crazy things. I mean, a lot of people don't know about certain bills that are coming down. And then when they see things implemented in the schools, they're like, wait, why is that happening? Exactly. Oh, you know, that's a law now? Yeah. And they don't know. Or the fact that so many laws are sandwiched in between or they're snuck into other things, right? Yeah. So, so here's what's crazy because if you find out who the lobbyists are for the district, it's the unions. Mm-hmm. But if you look on the unions page, go find out. You could go on any of their pages, right? And you could see what bills they fight and advocate for. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because half of them have nothing to do with education, exactly, and and giving our kids opportunities. Right. It's absolutely insanity. And to me, it's like, wait, our lobbyists are them? Are you joking me? Like. That's not going to work. They're not going to fight something that doesn't make sense. You're just telling me that yourself. Like when I've had conversations, you know, and it's like, and I say, wait, do you hear yourself? Mm-hmm. You're our lobbyists are them, but you don't agree with some of these. Some of them don't agree with everything. Right. But yet you're not having anybody else trying to advocate. But I think that's the beauty of where we're at right now. More people are awake. More people are involved. More people are trying to take these elected um, position spots because official spots, because they know unless we start to, which we never wanted to, right? Right. But if we don't start, then how are we ever going to change things and ever have a voice? We know how important it is now more than ever and going forward. And then one or two parents get in here or there. You start uniting with more. We unite and tell them how, you know, what worked for us, what didn't, blah, blah, blah. And then every, every district's unique too. Mm-hmm. We all know that. Mm-hmm. And you all have your unique parents involved. But the greatest thing is we're all connected now. And um, even with senators that some, you know, people, candidates that got in in Senate and got in for assembly. That's amazing because now we, we technically do have advocates up there, right? Because now they're going to be like challenging it at mm-hmm. a different level. And they might be, they might not have the majority. And a lot of our school boards that parents got in do not have the majority, which it kind of sucks because I hate even saying majority, not majority. It should be like, you know, yeah. let's all talk, but right, that's the reality of what it is. But they at least can get in there, see how it works, inspire and encourage other people to do those things going forward. And then eventually, hopefully, we could start to make the major change when more people start to rise up for these positions. I really think that you being on the school board and doing already what you're doing and checking the background and learning all the different departments, I think is going to change the dynamics of the school board because all it takes is one, right? I always mm-hmm. say one 
person, one house, one something that changes the surrounding environment Mm -hmm. can make it better or make it worse, correct? that is so true. And I really think that in your case, you're going to make it better because they're going to start seeing she's checking into this and she's checking into that. Mm -hmm. And it's not because you're micromanaging anybody. It's because you want to see how things work so you can make it a better place for our children, right? So hopefully you doing that is going to trickle down to everybody else and it's going to change the dynamics of the school board so that way everybody is involved, not just taking the seat Mm -hmm. and looking pretty. And and I don't mean that in a negative sense. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean like... Going in there and not just doing the surface job, but doing the in-depth job that needs to be done for our future. Yeah. And I really commend you on this because as soon as I saw that you were starting to, I swear to you, I was like, she's going to be on the school board. Oh my gosh. She's going to be on the school board. I just cannot wait because I, I know your passion and I know when you believe in something that you don't just say, okay, yes. No, you go in with everything because you want to do what's right for whatever you're choosing, whether it's your dad and bringing him back from where he came from to your clients and helping them with their health and now to education. Yeah, education. Can you honestly ever say that you thought that you would be in the educational world? Never in a million years. Yes. I mean... Forget even the educational world. Yeah. How about the political world? Never in a Never. billion years. No, <laughs> heck no. Yeah, like I told you, half of that stuff I didn't even know what what it was. Yeah. Right, and here you no. are now being an advocate, not only for us parents, but most importantly for our children. And I cannot thank you and all of your team that was out there supporting you. I mean. All I did was put up a sign. That's nothing compared Everybody to the amazing things that you guys did, door knocking and getting your voice out there. But most importantly, going to every school board and getting your voice heard. And I just want to thank you for that and thank your team because I'm so excited to see what this year is going to come, what's going to bring to mm-hmm. our children, um, especially since I still have one. She's, I still have, after this year, four years left, she yeah. has her high school years. Um, and so many, like I said before, so many of us parents just sit and watch and we go, there's nothing we can do about it. Mm -hmm. This is what it is. And there's something that we can do, but to see that the other parents are fighting, I think it gives everybody else a little bit of motivation to speak their voice as well. And to do their part. And to do their part. Play. Everyone has a part. Yes. It could be this big or this big. Yeah. We just all have to do our part and know that your voice is being heard for us to be able to move forward. Yeah, and I can I really commend all the children yes. that were out there because so many times we say, oh, they're you know I hear people say, not me. Those are just children. They don't have a voice. They have the strongest voice. Yes, they do. And I strongly believe that because they are our future, we need to listen to them. I agree. We need to hear what they need, and we need to hear what they want. And like you said, communication is number one mm-hmm. in any relationship. And never once did you go in there to say, here, only my side. Let's only do our side. You said, let's talk. Mm -hmm. Let's see how we can work together to make this work. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I'm just so looking forward to what you guys have to bring to the table and to see how the changes are going to happen, not only in our school district, but across the board. Yeah. Can't wait to see in Sacramento. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) You're so funny. Don't go there yet. We'll see. Oh, geez. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) You you got me there. I'm like, Sacramento, lobby a bill? Okay, let's go. (laughs) 
Oh, Lord, we'll, help so us. We'll be like, so this is episode 10. No, three, don't even go there. I have a job here. I just want to look at what's right no. in front of us. No, no, no. I know. Yeah. I know you are step by step. And yeah. like I said, you were step by step all the way through. And that's what led you to this. This was never your number one. No, this wasn't even on your goal. This wasn't even on your radar. Mm-mm. You were all about the kids and you and look at where you landed. God put you where you're supposed to be. Agreed. I strongly 100%. believe that he was opening the path for oh, you. Oh, yeah. If he didn't want it, he would have closed yes. it up right he away. Would've. He would have. Yep. He would have. And it was all in his time. Exactly. And yep. amen to that. Yep. Thank God for I that. Agree. Yes. So again, yes. Thank, you thank you so much. I love you thank so you. much. I love and you too. Congratulations. Thank you for everything. I'm so excited for I you. I know. Me too. Thank you. Yep. Thank and I you. just want to thank our sponsor for supporting us and Sonia on yes. this episode. And thank you for tuning in. Uh, just really follow her on Instagram, right? Where can we find you? Where can we find you, love? Um, right now is Instagram. I know things will change once I, um, you know, am officially elected. Mm-hmm. There's rules and stuff, but you can go on my personal Instagram. I'm able to post anything. You there. can follow Cooper. Yeah, you can follow <laughs> Cooper. I know you guys heard all the noise in the background. That was Cooper. He's my black lab. He's three. So give him some grace. He's still a toddler, but yeah. Yes. Yep. Instagram would be probably be the best. And then they can always reach out to me. I've always been yes. very easily accessible. Yeah, definitely. Give me some time, though, because right now my phone is kind of off the hook, which I'll get adjusted to very (laughs) soon. Yeah, but definitely follow her. You want to see what happens with the school district. You want to see the amazing things that are coming this way. Um, If you are a parent, you know, follow her story because maybe this is something that you can do in your school district and open up. The number one thing is our children. And fighting for our children and doing what's right for them so they can get the best educational experience, that is key. That should be a free right to every single child in America and actually across the world. So definitely follow her story and look out for all the amazing things she's going to do. Until next time, thank you for joining us on Coffee with Christy. Thank you.